Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Hey, it's good to see you. Whether you're joining us with our online campus or here, maybe it's your first time. We are so glad that you're here today. We are in the second week of what I think is going to be a really exciting series called Priorities. And just to kind of fill you in, what we're doing is we're looking at different things that we can prioritize in our life, the most important things we can prioritize, those things that line up with our values. And the reason we're doing this series is because, truthfully, we live in a world, we live in a culture that tries to define our priorities for us and, and, and set the direction for our lives. So this is about us gaining or getting back some control in our lives, in the crazy, chaotic, hectic world that we live in, getting a little more balance in our lives, and truly trying to get back to where God wants us to be and where God desires for us to be. So last week, we talked about prioritizing our time. And if you didn't get a chance to watch that or hear that, I want to encourage you to go back this week and try to listen to that, because that is the most precious resource that we have is our time, right? We get seven Uh, days a week. We get 24 hours each day, and then our our days are determined by our Heavenly Father. And so we have to take care of ourselves. We have to rest, but we learn different things that we can do to prioritize prioritize our time. So today, here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about something that every single one of us watching, every single one of us in this room struggles with. It, It doesn't matter your age. doesn't matter your occupation. Doesn't matter if you're blue collar, white collar, doesn't matter the color of your skin, where you were born, what country you were born in, what state in the United States you were born in. Doesn't matter, uh, you know, your financial position in society, doesn't matter if you're athletic or not. What we're going to talk about today impacts every single one of us and has the potential to impact us each and every day of our lives. It causes us to do things that we don't want to do, and it causes us not to do things that we should be doing. What we're talking about today, it keeps us from celebrating other people's success. It keeps us from apologizing when we're wrong. It keeps us from admitting our weaknesses. It keeps us from being honest with ourselves and being honest with others. It makes us feel good when other people fail in life. It makes us shut down when we should be opening up. It's what causes us to cheat because we could never imagine ourselves losing. It's what causes us to to not deal with our past or to lie about our past. It's what causes us to want to have the last word in a conversation. You know what I'm talking about? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you wouldn't admit that you don't know what I'm talking about because of what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about pride. Pride is one of the most dangerous, the most toxic, the most destructive characteristics I think exist on this planet. It's one of those things that we are really, really good at seeing in other people, but it's very difficult or near impossible for us to see in ourselves. 
And because we don't see it in ourselves, we never deal with it, or we don't even relate to it. But the truth is, we all struggle with it. In one way, shape, or form, at some point in life, we are going to deal with it. Pride makes us feel like we're more important than other people. It makes us feel like we're more valuable than others. It can cause us to feel entitled. Pride certainly reduces the likelihood that we're ever going to be willing to apologize. It, it diminishes our capacity sometimes to even acknowledge other people. And when you think about pride and arrogance and you hear those words, what it does is it creates layers and layers of emotions that make it very difficult for us to say what needs to be said sometimes or to even hear what we need to hear. It's hard for us to say, hey, I'm proud of you. It's hard for us to give compliments when we're full of pride. So how am I doing? Are you, are you sold that you want to be full of pride? Are you ready to walk out of here today and say, gosh, I just want to be a more prideful person each and every day? No, because pride, it's unappealing. It's actually pretty ugly. So what does our Heavenly Father say about it? And listen, if you want to follow along with any of our notes or our learnings, they're available on the Church Center app. You can just uh, download the, that app to your phone or you can scan that QR code or online. There's a link you can follow. But let's look at our first verse, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. In other words, every day we should get up and clothe ourselves with humility. We should put on that humility hat. We should walk humbly. We should treat other people with humility. And so our first learning today, and I know we, we saw that comedian, a lot of you, you've already written off your New Year's resolutions, right? It's the 15th of January. A lot of those things are gone, right? All right, I didn't make it. I'll try again next year. I'm going to make it easy for you. This one learning, if we can do this in 2023, if this is the only thing you get accomplished by doing this learning, it'll change your life. Guarantee you, it will revolutionize your life. Learning number one, I need to prioritize humility in my life. If we can prioritize humility, do what the Lord said clothe ourselves in humility, it will change our life. You know, God, he opposes the proud. Again, it's so hard for us to deal with this because it's one of those things we just don't see. It's hard for us to identify in our lives. I've had people over the years come talk to me about all kinds of things. It probably shock you what people will open up and talk about. But hey, Scott, I need to talk about my marriage. I need to talk about uh, the, the, this affair. I need to talk about my finances, my kids, you know, my emotional state, whatever. But I've never had anybody say, hey, you know, I'd like to schedule a meeting where I can just come in and talk to you about my pride. I'm ready to deal with my pride. I've never had that. Because again, we don't see that it's a problem with us. But it's such a big deal to God he stands in direct opposition to those that are full of pride. 
James chapter 4, verse 6, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So I want to talk about a few things that pride does in our life, how dangerous it truly is, how harmful it is, and then what we can do about prioritizing humility. And one of the reasons I think it's dangerous is because it prevents our growth in life, personal growth or development, learning new things, whether it's at work, whether it's in society, whether it's in a volunteer position. And the reason it prevents growth is because when we're full of pride, we think we already know all the answers, right? We already think we know everything. But you've got to decide pretty early on life, am I going to be smart or am I going to look smart, right? Pride says I'm just going to look smart. I'm going to pretend that I know or humility says I'm going to be smart. I'm willing to learn from other people. When it comes to a prideful person, they don't want to act like they don't know, so they just, or they just pretend like that they do know, but they're not learning anything. And that's the only person they're learning from is themselves. They're not going to learn very much. We can't grow in relationships with other people if we're not willing to be humble and learn from everybody. We should learn from everybody. Proverbs ten seventeen says this, Whoever accepts correction is on the way to life, but whoever ignores correction will lead others away from life. So we have to be willing to be corrected. And I think another translation says disciplined. We have to be willing to be corrected in life, right? Or, or readjusted. Now, that's not exactly how that was. This is how it is, right? And that we learn from that. But if we're close to that because of our pride, we're not going to develop at all. So I think a great question to continually ask is, you know, am I teachable? Am I willing to learn from other people? Now, a lot of times I'll listen to pastors during the week. I'll maybe listen to it on my computer or on my phone and or, or, or people that speak here and, and I'll just sit out in the audience when it's their week up, and, and they'll get into a topic like we are today, and I'll start listening to that topic, and then my mind instantly goes to who I know that needs to hear that. Don't judge me. You do the same thing. Right? I'm sitting there thinking, man, Justin could sure hear this, or Matt. Matt needs to hear this talk, Right? Do you ever do that? You just come in one day and we're talking about a topic. You're like, man, I wish my wife was here. Or my kids could sure stand to hear that. And that's okay to forward it to them after. And that's just pride when we assume who needs to hear that. It's okay to send that talk to them after you've evaluated yourself. In other words, when we hear something that catches our ear, it's like, wow. The first thing Scott should be asking instead of how can Lisa apply this to her life is how can I apply this to my very own life? Because if I'm not careful, pride will keep me from learning and growing and developing. Pride will prevent us from getting help in our marriage when we need it. It prevents us from getting help with an addiction when we struggle with it. Pride keeps us from getting help with our finances or our parenting when we need it. 
Pride will keep us from asking the, uh, the tough questions and getting real answers from God in life if we're not careful. So pride, it can stifle our personal growth because we become unteachable. And again, we should be proactive in seeking out help in any area of life where we're struggling. But if we're full of pride, we think that's a sign of weakness. I'm not going to get help. I'm not going to ask anybody. When you look at that proverb that we looked at a moment ago about correction, I'd venture to say we don't really like it when we're corrected, right, or when we're disciplined. It doesn't always feel fun. It's kind of painful. But if our reaction is to, to get defensive and to get mad when somebody corrects us, that's, that's a sign of pride. Here's the next learning. Learning number two, pride will destroy all of my relationships. It has the potential to destroy our relationships because what pride does is it shuts people out of our life. It keeps people out of our life because if you think about it, prideful people, they like to cause conflict with others. They're often in struggles with other people. They hold grudges against other people. Prideful people say, well, my time and my schedule is more important than yours. Pride won't forgive. Pride in a relationship keeps score. Well, you said this, and you did this, and you did this. Pride makes us feel better about ourselves than other people. It keeps us from listening to others. But it really crowds people out because a proud proposal prideful person is so full of themselves, there's no room for anybody else. And again, when we're full of pride, we don't realize that these relationships are dropping off, but people don't want to be around that. Proverbs 13.10 says, pride leads to conflict, but those who take advice are wise. Again, it keeps us from just owning our mistakes, admitting our mistakes and embracing the reality that could be wrong or that we could be wrong. You know, how, how many of us hate admitting that, that we're wrong? Uh, I'd venture to say we, we all don't like that. I don't like to admit when I'm wrong, but that's just a sign of pride. We, want, we don't want to admit that we're wrong, but we also don't want to admit that there could be any pride in our life. So we're good at justifying our behavior, right? We're good at, at kind of hiding those things. You could be totally wrong in a conversation with somebody in your family, let's say. You could be totally wrong and proved wrong, but then you still try to justify why you did what you did or why you said what you said, just so you can spin why you were wrong so it doesn't look like you were even wrong, right? We'll keep arguing long after we were wrong. And speaking of Family conflicts, does anybody deal with family conflicts at this church? I, I didn't think so, right? We all have them. We all have them all the time. And pride often is a big cause of those family conflicts or friend, friendships. And so it's a big cause of problems and friendships as well. But I'll hear people say, well, you know, we haven't talked to my sister in, in three years because of what she did at Thanksgiving years ago. Or I don't talk to my ex-husband, or I don't talk to my ex-wife because of this. Or my husband doesn't, you know, come to church anymore because of something the pastor said. Or I don't hang out with 
that friend anymore because of what they did. Listen, every one of our relationship issues could be fixed if both parties would simply swallow their pride and prioritize humility. It is the best remedy for any relationship issue is to humble ourselves or, as the Lord put it, to clothe ourselves in humility. And we all have got a story of a relationship problem. And if we'll step back and look at it, we can see, man, prioritizing humility would certainly help this. I mean, and all you can control is yourself, right? But when was the last time that you said, I'm sorry to your spouse? Don't answer out loud. Don't look at your spouse. But when was the last time you said, I'm sorry to your spouse? Or when was the last time, those of you with kids, your kids heard you say, hey, dad was wrong. I shouldn't have reacted that way. Would you forgive me? Or hey, mom, mom blew it in the grocery store or at work this week. Would you forgive me? Instead of you know, not liking that correction, we should be evaluating our life all the time and saying, you know, how am I dealing with my pride? Am I trying to hide it or am I using it as an example to, to promote humility? But it destroys relationships because we won't admit we're wrong or we made a mistake. We think it's a sign of weakness when we're full of pride. But I think the exact opposite's true right? The more we're honest with people, the more we apologize, the more we admit our mistakes, the more transparent and real we are with people, the more they respect us. And pride also can shut God out of our life. Not just our personal earthly relationships, but it has the potential to shut God out of our life. Because we Again, think we know better than God. I, I know better the course of my life, and I know better what the boundaries for my life should be than, than God does. For some people, their pride completely shuts out the even remote possibility that God exists. Look at Psalm 10:4. The wicked are too proud to seek God. They seem to think that God is dead. So some people, it's their pride. It's not their intelligence, but it's their pride that's going to keep them from a relationship with Christ. And to me, that's sad. Pride's almost like a prison. And we've got the key to the door. And we lock ourselves in that prison and we lock God out. And I don't think anybody would intentionally choose that path to block God completely out of their life but because of our pride and because it's so subtle, that's what we do because we think we know better. We think we know better than other people and we think we know better than God. But if we'll just deal with it, prioritize humility, I'm telling you, it'll fix all kinds of problems and difficulties in our life. Now, there, there are some of you that are watching, there's some of you that are here today and you would say, I don't have a relationship with Christ. I don't have a relationship with God. I'm not there yet. That's okay. And, and I applaud you for, for being here and, and continuing to search and trying to get that answer. You can follow Jesus's example of humility without ever committing your life to Christ. 
You can follow the teachings and the principles of Jesus without ever saying, I'm going to have a relationship with Jesus. And that's what I'm going to encourage you to do because that's what the disciples did. They followed Jesus for a while before they realized he was the Savior of the world, before they ever realized that he was God's son. So even if you don't buy the message of Jesus and and you haven't settled that faith issue, you can still prioritize humility. Just like somebody that's following Christ can prioritize humility. And the reason I encourage you to do that is because it will absolutely revolutionize your life. And secretly, I know that it will open your mind to faith. Because when we see tangible results in our life because we did something that Christ told us to do, whether we follow Christ or not, it changes our life for good. And what that does is that opens our mind to faith. Wait a minute. I did this and it worked. Maybe there is something to the message of Jesus. Think about it. When you see prayers answered, whether you have faith or not, it opens your eyes to faith, right? Wow, their prayer was answered or my prayer was answered. When you see miracles, it opens your mind to faith, whether you follow Christ or not. Matt and I were talking on Friday about Damar Hamlin and what happened to him during that football game, suffers cardiac arrest. And literally, I'd say hundreds of thousands, maybe more people were praying for that young man, right? And then what happened last week? He walked out of the hospital, a miracle. Now, don't you know that that miracle and the results of those answered prayers, it opened so many people's eyes to faith. So even though you'd say, I don't follow Christ, you can still prioritize humility. Jesus, he redefined greatness for us when he came to this world. And he basically defined greatness as those who are willing to humble themselves, those who are willing to clothe themselves in humility and serve others. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, the meek and lowly are fortunate. For the whole wide world belongs to them. I love that. Those that are humble, those that are meek, those that choose to follow Christ in humility will inherit the earth. In other words, there's something beyond this life. There is eternity. And those who walk humbly will inherit it. Matthew chapter 20. Let's look at another verse. uh, Verses 26 through 28. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus set this whole example of serving others. I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. And he demonstrated the utmost humility when he served. And I think one of the greatest examples in the scripture is when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. You know, back then you'd travel on a a dusty road, you'd go to somebody's house and you'd come in and, and a servant would wash your feet, wash the dust off your feet. And that servant's position probably was the lowest, if not one of the lowest positions you could have 
in society. You were a, a foot washer. And Jesus basically did that for his disciples, that act of humility. He said, hey, you, you've seen me do this. Now I want you to go and do the same. And he wasn't necessarily saying, I want you just to constantly wash people's feet. I want you to be humble. And I want you to take that humble position and I want you to serve others because it opens the door to God in our life when we walk humbly like Jesus showed us in that example. And if you think about it from a practical perspective, all Jesus is asking us to do is apologize. All he's asking you to do is pick up the telephone or or write a letter and say, I'm sorry. All he wants some of us to do is to stop talking so much and start listening more. Or he wants you to go to your son and say, I'm proud of you. Or go to your daughter and say, I'm really proud of you. I love you. If we'll prioritize humility. I guarantee you it'll fix our relationship problems, our personal growth problems, a lot of the other difficulties and problems we have in our life. And it opens us up to growing in our faith or it opens us up to faith. But let's be honest, it's not fun all the time to be the humble one in a relationship, is it? In a friendship, it's not always easy to be humble. A lot of times, I'll talk to married couples and they're like, I feel like I'm a doormat. I feel like she always gets her way or he always gets her way. But there's no other choice. If you're a follower of Christ, there is no other logical response other than us to walk in humility because the entire gospel message of Jesus Christ is based on humility. We don't have any other response other than to be humble. I don't care how it feels or this doesn't feel right. You know, we have to humble ourselves if we're going to be a follower of Christ. So here's a great reflection question that we can all ask. How does pride show up in my life? Just be honest with yourself. And if you don't know the answer to this question, guess what? Somebody close to you does. Your husband, your wife, your parents, maybe a child, maybe a boss, maybe a coworker. So if you can't answer this, how does pride show up in my own life? Take that person out to lunch or to coffee and ask them that question. Hey, how does pride show up in my life? If they get really quiet and really awkward and they won't look at you, there you go, right? We got something to deal with, right? Hopefully it never gets to, you haven't asked somebody else, hopefully through prayer and reflection, you can identify those areas in your life. And listen, I'm not preaching, I'm just talking. Here's how pride shows up in me when I hear another pastor speak. And I'm like, man, they don't mispronounce words from the English language like I do. They're so articulate the way they communicate and they know the Bible backwards and forwards and they're young or whatever. It's just, it's jealousy. That's pride. Or I see something another church is doing. I'm like, man, I wish, I wish we could do that. It's nothing but pride. 
it shows up and it surfaces its ugly head in all of our lives. It also keeps, it keeps us from being who God created us to be. It causes us to fake it in life, doesn't it? Because we don't like who we are, we pretend to be someone else because we're afraid of what other people are going to say about us or what they're going to think about us. We just, we just need to be honest with ourselves and say, how much longer am I going to let pride lead me in life instead of prioritizing humility, which breaks the power of pride? And, and I don't know about you, but I don't want my pride hurting my relationship with my wife. I don't want pride hurting my relationship with my girls. I, I certainly don't want pride hurting my relationship with my friends. But more importantly, I don't want pride hurting my relationship with God, with my relationship with Christ. So we all have to make a conscious decision. I'm going to break the power of pride in my life. I'm going to tell pride, you are no longer running my life. And listen, we're going to have to do some things that maybe we haven't done in a long while, like apologizing or admitting we're wrong, right? It's going to be tough. Or we may have to ask for forgiveness, or we may have to recognize somebody at work that we really don't get along with that really has accomplished something great. We may even have to admit that pride has blocked our relationship with Christ or a potential relationship with Christ. Now, real quick, as we finish up, I want you to think for a minute of people you know or a person you know in your life that is humble. They're just full of humility. And everything in their life is for other people. They don't take credit for anything. They give credit to other people. They're, they're quick to deflect attention off of themselves and put it on somebody else. They're always encouraging people and strengthening people and serving people. Think about that person for a minute. Don't you like being around people like that? Versus the person you identified earlier that you know is full of pride? That can be us. If we'll clothe ourselves in humility each and every day, if we'll put on humility every day that we give up, if we'll prioritize it. It's simple to do, to, to think about that every day. It, it's difficult to put into action, but the more we walk in humility, the more we follow Jesus' example, the better we get at it. And again, even if you're not sure about Jesus, I get that. You're not sure about having a relationship with him. You can still practice his teaching. Last verse, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Our recognition, our rewards, our honor is coming in eternity, right? We don't get to choose what those rewards will be or what that honor will be. All we have to do is this, humble ourselves. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. That's all he asks is for us to walk in humility. He'll do everything else. 
Let's pray together. God, this is a tough topic to talk about because we don't see it all the time in ourselves. And Lord, we admit and confess to you now there, there are areas of pride in our lives. We're blind to it. So we ask you and we give you full permission, Lord, to show us those areas of our life, to help us to truly walk humbly like you call us to do, like you demonstrated for us, Christ. Help us to walk humbly, to remember every day, if I don't get anything else accomplished, I'm going to be humble. Even when it doesn't feel good, even when we don't get our way, even when our spouse seems to be taking advantage of it or our friend. Help us to be people that are concerned more for others than ourselves. Help us to truly eliminate pride from our life. And maybe you're here today and you're a follower of Christ already, that you've made that decision to trust Jesus. Would you commit to asking those questions about pride in your own life and giving God full permission to show you? Or maybe as we're praying, you'd say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I don't have a relationship with Christ. I'm not ready to make that decision. Would you at least commit to yourself to walk humbly this week and see what that does in your life? And God, I pray that those who are committing to you right now, that you'd show them how to break that pride. Lord, we too know that our pride can hurt our relationship with you. And we don't want that. Help us to walk humbly. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, real quick, just a couple of things before we go. Next Sunday, January 22nd, we're having our uh, Blue Ridge Church 101 class right after this service. It starts at 1145. It's over at 1. We provide child care and lunch. If you want some more information about the church, you know, why we do some of the things we do, how we're structured, the strategy, the style, uh, that's what we discuss in that hour and about 10 minutes together. Uh, because I think it's important that people understand more about the church as, as they come. And, and so we offer that to you. If you'd like to sign up for that, you can do it on your connection card. Starting tomorrow night, our young adults group, you know, if you're in that 20-something uh, age group, they start back tomorrow at the church at seven o'clock. So if you're in that age group and you're thinking about joining that group, I encourage you to come out uh, or you can sign up today on your on the website under the groups tab. And then our youth will start back, not this Wednesday, I announced it wrong in the first service. So there may be some kids show up Wednesday and the doors will be locked. But uh, it's next Wednesday. It starts on, the, well, it starts on the 25th. So just mark that down. Don't uh, don't ever take my word for it. Go to the website, all right? But our kids, middle and high school, will start back on the 25th. I hope you have a terrific Sunday afternoon. I hope you have a great week, and I hope you'll be able to prioritize humility this week. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here and listening.